All right, good evening, good evening, a good night of Shabbos, almost a good in Chodesh. So we'll say, what I, wanna, what I wanted to be able to, Emir Hashem, do, do this evening a little bit, something just a little bit, a little bit different. You know, whereas normally we've been going ahead and learning the Chalban, kind of to put ourselves a little bit into the frame of reference, the mindset for the Chorban, for the nine days, to focus a little bit on the beauty of the Beis HaMekdash. You know, there's a Lubavitcher Rebbe quotes a beautiful, a beautiful minog that during the nine days one should learn Hilchos Beis Abechira. One should learn Halachos of the Beis Hamikdash, because again, you know, one of the things that we struggle with so much is we're mourning for something, but we don't really know what it is that we're mourning for. And of course, at the end of the day, we go ahead and, you know, we we mourn for so much of the collective tsar of Klal Yisrael over the last two thousand years. But all of it has its roots in the Beis HaMikdash. So what I want to try to do tonight is not really in a, in a sad or morose way, but in a different way, to focus a little bit on what was so special about the Beis HaMikdash. What, what was it that was so unique? What was it that was... Because and, and, if we understand what was so special, what was so unique, then ultimately we'll understand what it is that we're missing. And if we understand what it is that we're missing, then maybe we'll be able to connect just a little bit with the profundity of these days. So I'm quoting to you from a beautiful sefer called Mesilos Ba'arach Hasidus, which is like a, it's like a likot. It's a compilation of many different svarim, many different rebbas. And I wanted to share with you this piece. He writes over actually, and I feel a special connection to this piece because I have a schus to learn this piece in Yerushalayim. So any Torah you learn in Yerushalayim, just it's, you're kona it in a different way. So look what he writes over here. He says as follows. He says, <laughs> it's, it's, it's marked as page 104. If anyone needs, there should be more sheets. There should be. So before we get into like the heaviness of Tisha B'Av, the heaviness of the nine days, it's important for us to think about what did we have? We'll say, you ask a Jew, you stop a Yid on the street and you say, tell me, what was so special about the Beis HaMikdash? The truth is, a lot of times we don't know. I don't know. It's be- it was beautiful. It was aesthetically beautiful. It was fantastic. It was the adjust for cloudy soil. It had the urn. It had this. But where in what, what was the uniqueness in terms of the relationship between the Baruch Hu and cloudy soil? What is it that we're missing? You could only mourn for something if you understand what it represents, right? If it doesn't, oh, so I'll tell you this like on a, on a different level. Sometimes when, like, when people lose a loved one, a person loses a relative. So, some, so it's always painful to lose a loved one. But suddenly something interesting happens, which is you lose the loved one. And only after you lose the loved one do you realize who they really were. Who, who, like, who this person really was. 
And then there's an interesting pain that comes about because I realize I didn't appreciate that person while they were alive in the full fashion, for the full person that they were. I only now appreciate who they were, what they were, and now they're gone. I can no longer relate that. I can no longer express that. I can no longer express my car self. So I will say, so, so part of this is, the Mechaber says, we have to learn what a Beis HaMikdash meant in order for us to feel any sense of loss. Look what he writes. Allah Aleph, section one. Vishakhanti Bishakhanti. So we're going to do it again. It's a short, it's actually a short piece. It's only two sides of this page. But you'll see, I, I, I found it to be transformative, and I think you will find it as well. So let's listen to this. Close a beautiful Medrash. The parish is Truma Neamar. And so this is the Pasuk where Akash Baruch Hu commands us to build the Mishkan. Make for me, for, make for me a Mikdash and I'll dwell within you. Listen to this. Listen to the beautiful Medrash. Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael Atem Tzoni Va'ani Ro'eh Asu Dir L'Ro'eh Sheyavo V'yira Eschem So ultimately again, so what happens? Hashem says to Klal Yisrael You're the sheep and I'm the shepherd. Make a deer. I will say, what's a deer? What's a deer? A deer is a, a corral or, or a pen, right? A pen, right? A corral. So make a corral, make a pen, so that ultimately, again, the sheep have the sheep have a place to be. Sheep have a place to be. So the Gemara says, So what do you see over here? So ultimately, again, this is reserved for on time seating over here. Ready? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> you come to you get the kisi covered over here. You come uh, it's great to see him. Great to see him. So, 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 so ultimately, again, so the so right, the first part of the Medrash says, Kishbarach who says, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. The sheep need a corral, they need a pen, and the base hamikdash is the pen. Next part of the Medrash, Atem Kerem Va'ani Shomer, you're the vineyard, and I'm the watchman. The Shomer, the watchman, needs a sukkah, he needs a hut to stay in while he's going ahead and watching the field. So again, then the Medrash says, ultimately again, What's the Beis HaMikdash? The Beis HaMikdash is the hut for the watchman. Third part of the Medrash, You're my sons, I'm your father. So ultimately again, a family needs a home to be in. Family is home to be in. So I will say beautiful three pronged, three pronged medrash. So the Mechaber writes the end of page one hundred and four over here. We'll say so. Says Mechaber, what's the kam denominator here? What was the point? Of the, what was the point of the base hamikdash? The point of the base hamikdash was to give Hakadosh Baruch Hu in three different iterations: shepherd, watchman. Father, to give him a place to be next to his children, to give him a place to be next to his sheep, to give him a place to be next to his vineyard, to give him a place to be next to his children. I will say, I'll point out to you, it struck me with this Medrash. What's fascinating about this Medrash? If you notice, by the way, the three parts of the Medrash all refer to different things. Let's go through this in just a moment. The first part of the Medrash, right? What's the imagery? Hashem is the shepherd, Kvali Yisrael is the sheep. What's the base Hamikdash? Right? The pen. Right? Who is the pen for? The sheep, right? They're right. It's for, the measure says it's for the roa, but it's for the roa to, to keep the sheep corralled, 
right? At the end of the day, the deer is, right? The, the pen is there for the benefit. The, who, I'm going to say it differently. Who lives in the pen? Who lives in the pen? Sheep. The sheep, okay? Part two of the Medrash, Cheshparach, who says, I'm the watchman, you're the, you're the, you're the vineyard. Right, make for the watchman a hut. So, who, right, the hut is referenced to the base of Mekdash. Who is the hut for? The right, the watchman. So, we'll say, so you see something interesting. In the first part of the Medrash, the Medrash seems to indicate who is the base of Mekdash for? Who is it primarily for? The sheep, Cloud Israel. Second part of the Medrash, who is the, who is, who, who is the base of Mekdash for? Primarily for? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Comes the third part of the base of third part of the Medrash. Hashem, the Father, says that Cloud Israel, his children, Build for us a home. Va'asuli mikdash. Who is the base mikdash for? Who is it for? For everyone. See, I both say, what the Gemara say, is my time up? Is that, is that it? We're done? We're done. Let's call it a wrap. Okay. So, <laughs> there's a vibrate thing on the side. I have to get this out before Rosh Chodesh out. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just getting it all out over here. Like, so, 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 uh, so I'll something interesting, by the way. What you see over here, what you see over here is that there's a fascinating, almost like tension in the Medrash. Who is the Beis HaMikdash for? Who is it for? So in the first part of the Medrash, ah, the, the Beis HaMikdash is for Cloud Yisrael, it's for the sheep. Second part of the Medrash, no, 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 the Beis HaMikdash it's for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's for it's for right. It's for the watchman. Va'asulim mikdash. Va'asulim right. Make for me. Make for me. And what does the third part of the measure essentially say? Who is it for? I will say who is it for? It's for everyone. Which which is Nakuda number one. Who does a base hamikdash benefit? And the answer is it benefits the father and it benefits the children. It benefits the ribbono shel olam. And it benefits HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It benefits all of us together, which is incredibly important because, therefore, if it benefits all of us, then the absence of it impacts who? Impacts who? Impacts the Father, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the children. The kind of Shalas HaShe'elah. I'll say, here we go. Page 105. The kind of Shalas HaShe'elah. And I'll say, here's the question. I'll say, I just tell you, just that Medrash by itself is just... It's just so striking. Okay, but let's see. Shalom is everywhere. Is everywhere. And there's no part of the world that is absent, so to speak, or, the, or from which Hashem is absent. Bottom line is, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere and is in everything. There is nothing in this world in which the Rebano Shal Olam is not present. Remember again, we saw this in the Chalban. That is why the Chalban was saying the notion, the notion of what? The notion of Kodesh and Chal. Right is a little bit of a misnomer, right? Why, according to the Chavan, why? Because it's all Kodesh. Because Kodesh Baruch Hu is everywhere. It's all, all, all Kodesh, all Kodesh. So therefore, he says, says to the Chabra, if that's the case, that's the case, the Imkain, Bama Nishtana Hashras Hashchina B'Mikdash, Memetzias Hashchina Akdosha B'Chol Nivra B'Chol Zman. So I want to point out over here, this, this here is, is, the, is the thing that bothers us most. Think about this just a moment. I believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere and in everything. 
right? There is no space in the universe. Throughout the universe, there is no space in my world. Let's focus on our world. There is no space in my world in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is apt. I will say this is the famous verse of the Katzka. The Katzka says, where is the Rebana Shalom? What does the Katzka answer? Wherever you let him in. Right? Wherever you let him in. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, less Asr, Asa, Panoi, Minei. Asr, Panoi, Minei. There is no space that doesn't have HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I will say, I just want to tell you something. That concept is, fuels the Nitzchiyas of Klaal Yisrael. Right, they both say, you know, when Moshe Rabbeinu, right, when Cloud Israel comes in, when they're Me'ever Liardin already, so, Chumash Tabarim, the Torah says, they go ahead and they write the Torah, Be'er Heitev. Rashi says, what's Be'er Heitev? Shivim Lashem, 70 languages. Says, why does Cloud, Jew only needs, how many languages does a Jew need? Right? Yiddish, Hebrew, right? Uh, English, right? You don't even have to speak a full English, right? I'm sorry? Farsi, <coughs> what is it? Good. Right. <laughs> so, so again, so, so why do you need 70 languages? Why, why? And the Rebbe says something absolutely amazing. The Rebbe says, because Cheshbarach was telling the in a very nuanced way, you're not going to live your lives in Arab Yisrael. You're going to find yourself spread all over the world. Unless you think that your Ruchnios is tethered to Eretz Yisrael, we're going to write the Torah in 70 languages. To show you that wherever you go, you could find that Kaddish Baruch. Wherever you go, you could have Ruchnis. Wherever you go, you could have Torah. It, it, this is what's, that's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. So therefore the Mechabra says, I don't understand. If literally the Ribbon of Shalom is anywhere and everywhere, so what's special about a base of English? Right? I'll say, what's special? So I'll take something. So what's the reflexive answer? What's the reflexive answer? That's like a, a, a concentrated. Oh, here. good. Concentrated. That's what we normally think. Like, there was, it's true. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere, but there was a greater intensity of Shechina, a Gilush, a revelation of Shechina in the base of Egypt, which, by the way, makes a lot of sense. Because, again, the constant miracles in the Mikdash. And, in fact, again, this is part of the greatness of Eretz Yisrael in general. Right? That part of the beauty of Eretz Yisrael is HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in every land, in every place. But Eretz Yisrael has a greater concentration of the Shekhinah. But look what the Mechaber says. Rabbi said, this is incredible. He says, he says, let's, uh, let's skip a little bit, actually. Let's skip a little bit. Um, you see where I have the asterisk there? So what Rabichi is saying is the first answer. Is the Ribono Shal Olam everywhere? Is he everywhere? Absolutely. But I will say, the truth is, how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu appear in the Velt? Right? How does he appear in the world? Be'iskasya. He's right, he's veiled. He's veiled. Whatever you want to call that veil. You want to call that veil the klipas, right? The nitzutz, the nitzutz has the klipa. Whatever it is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere. But the truth is, if you go out into the world, can you immediately see the Yad Hashem, the hand of God in day-to-day life? And the answer is no. In other words, if you look for it, you look hard for it, you can. If you have a predisposition to understanding everything is Yashem, you can see it. But just stam, just stam. They will say, contrast that with the Beis HaMikdash. So what happened to the Beis HaMikdash? Mishnah in Perkei Avos, last Perkei Perkei Avos. Asara nisim na'asu la'avusin ha'beis ha'mikdash. 
there were ten constant miracles in the Beis HaMikdash. Everything from the Eish, the fire coming down onto the Mizbeach, to the fact that there was never a Zvuv, never a fly in the Beis HaTabachim, right in the slaughterhouse. Ten different miracles, right? The, the, the Mishnah goes through them one by one. Also, the idea over here is lechem aponim, right? Lechem aponim, kisidura or kisiluka o kach siduro. It was fresh when you put it on. It was fresh when you took it off. So, on the most basic level, you know what the greatness of the Beis Hamikdash was? The ability to see the Shechina unveiled. The ability to see in 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 This is called Shechina beesgalia, revealed Shechina, revealed Shechina. And I will say, it, can you imagine that? Can you imagine living a life of Shechina Be'eskalia? Not, you know, not I have to look for Hashem. Not I know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me, but sometimes I don't see Him, sometimes I don't feel Him. And I will say, by the way, I just want to point out to you, when David HaMelech says, Keli, Keli, Lama Azavtani, Ribono Shal Olam, why have you left me? When David HaMelech says that in the depths of his suffering, David HaMelech also lived without a Beis HaMikdash. So when you live without a Beis HaMikdash, you live in a time of Shechina, you live in a time of veiled shechina, veiled Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You have a base hamikdash shechina beiskalia. The shechina is revealed. Now it doesn't mean necessarily that shechina is revealed everywhere, but lamaisa at least there's an address, right? I always say so. Three times a year, you'd go to a place. I'm just saying. Can you? I know. I know. Like we all know, when you go to Eretz Yisrael today, when you go to Eretz Yisrael today. Hey, it's so interesting. I often find in Eretz Yisrael, as, as, as I get older, different things, right? Like different things kind of ignite during the Shem, right? It's an interesting thing how like your relationship with the land evolves. I remember when I was a young man, so one of the things I, I used to always love is like to just spend the day seeing these new communities. And when I say communities, I mean like five guys living on a hilltop, mm-hmm. you know, with, with no... To me, like, I've always, I always found like the most inspirational thing. For, for almost, I remember again a couple of years ago, I was, we were, with, we were in Chevron, and Simchach, uh, everybody knows Simchach, he said, do you want to see real Messias Nefesh? Like, we were in Chevron. <laughs> I, I, you know, do you want to see real Messias? I said, yes, of course. This wasn't enough for me. I'd really like to see some genuine Messias Nefesh. He took us to a community called Ma'on. Nechem, you ever go to Ma'on? Yeah. Right? So Ma'on, I don't know, at least when we were there, they had maybe 10, 12 families. A beautiful log cabin shul. Beautiful log cabin shul. I asked one of the guys there, actually the guy who I met there, he was a specialty butcher. I think that's in like, specialty cuts of meat. Um, he was from Texas. His wife was from Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> it's just incredible. I said, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't even get his card. I, I said, to him, I said, I'm just curious, What's the nusach of the shul? I'm just curious. The nusach of the shul. He said the nusach of the shul is whoever gets to the Ahmed first makes the nusach of the shul. Right? I mean, right? Right? But I'm saying, but like, but like, it, but, but but it was like, like, like by design, by by, by design. As I say, it's an incredible thing. They're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no fence. There's no security fence. Right? At least there wasn't a security fence. They're, they they are not. They are in a great. It's a beautiful neighborhood, but it is a dangerous neighborhood that they are in, surrounded by all kinds of all kinds of Arab towns. And I will say, like, you know, it, it, so it used to as like to me, I just I'm always I'm always overwhelmed by genuine Messias Nafesh because I think the truth is many of us. Like, we don't really have Messias Nefesh. We, we have financial Messias Nefesh, right? It, it's expensive 
to be a from Jew. But if you think about like, what am I most nefesh in my Yiddishkeit? Right? What am I most nefesh in my Yiddishkeit? It's pretty easy, to be honest. Like there's not, so to me that, 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 that is what always used to like, always used to, always used to, to take me. But I'll tell you what's interesting. I tell you what's, so lately what, what, I, what I've come to find more presently is that, and I had this just this past trip, the ability to go to the Kosel and to say Karbanos. I have, Karbanos is my favorite part of davening. I love Karbanos. I don't know why. I mean, I must have been a coin in the past Gilgal, right? But I love to say Karbanos. It's literally my favorite part of davening. So to be able to go to the Kosel and say Karbanos, and say Pita Maktoras, say Parsha Satomid, say, say Parsha Sakir, just there, just there. And you could feel it. You could feel it just like all that's waiting is just on the other side of that wall. So soon, all of these things that I'm saying out of the Siddur is going to come alive in such a dramatic fashion. And we'll say that, so, so, so the Mechaber goes on, he says, so on a most basic level, that's Shechina Be'eskalio. That Shechina Be'eskalio. That Shechina ultimately, again, in a revealed fashion. So again, right now, right, we'll, we'll get to see that. We'll get to see that in such a dramatic way. But he goes on, he says, Rebosi, listen to this. You see that paragraph, Mashal HaShavar HaSa'ozin, right after the asterisk? Mashal HaShavar HaSa'ozin. I'll give you a Mashal, says the Mechaber, that's gonna, that's gonna go ahead, literally it break, breaks the ear. What does he mean? You know, bre- breaks the ear. In other words, I'll give you an overwhelming Mashal. What's the overwhelming Mashal? Lemelech Basra Madan, I get ready for this. Akama Vakama Medinos, Shafa Asal Bifne Bifne Bineha Medinos, Bine Beso, Chaluka Lidargo Shronos Lifne is Manasibos, Tahainu. So, Bosis, listen to this. There's a king. There's like every good marshal, there's a king. The king has a kingdom, many different countries, many different people. And ultimately, the way the king interacts with his, with his constituents depends on what's happening. This is for example. Bios Hamelech Binachas Bahashkate Babitra, the Ho Artsos Malchus Bishalom, Ain Satan Vein Pegara, As Hamelech Samechim Abadov, Velovish Begadim Norm, when it's a time of peace, time of peace and tranquility in the kingdom, and all is good, right? Everything is good, everything. So, what happens? The king wears his nice clothing, he wears his nice royal robes, again, highlighting the idea that Baruch Hashem, life is good. Um, um, is dying, be mine tachitin, Velovish Begde Ade. So we'll say, so what does the king wear in a time of war? He wears his armor. He carries his sword. Again, in time of peace, the king's wearing his beautiful, beautiful monarchial robes. Times of war, he's wearing his armor. Weapons. And again, in the time of war, of course, everyone's tense. Right? The king's tense, everyone's tense. I will say, look at the last paragraph on page 105. This is going to blow your mind. So I will say, so often we think for the king, like there's these, these two states. There's peace and there's war. There's another state. Levad. Sometimes the king is in his palace, and what? No one else is there except the king and his family. There's no advisors, there's no representatives. No one is there except the king and his advisors. His brothers, his sons, his wife, those who are closest to him. 
Rabbi what does the king do in those moments when he's just with his loved ones? The Az Hamelech Master may Allah Kitsas Hamabushim Shahayalovish Baod Shahayu Shirya Vaavad of Emo. So Rabbi Osei, Vinisha Hamelech Eminabeso, the Kulan Ronoso. Rabbi Osei, what does the king wear when he's just with his family? What does the king wear? So the Mechabi Hepazis, he says, you know what? The truth is, he's not wearing his armor because at the end of the day, it's not wartime. But he also doesn't have to wear his monarchical robes. Why not? Because at the end of the day, he's with his family and his loved ones. So he goes, I don't know, business casual, right? Right, right, monarch casual, whatever, whatever that is. In other words, he dresses, he dresses just with his, he doesn't need all of the trappings of Malchus when he's just with his loved ones. And I was, you know what happens when the king gets casual? The real personality of the king comes out. You see, when the king gets casual, he doesn't have to be the monarch. He could just be the husband, the father, the brother. When he's, when he's dressed down, when he's casual and just with his loved ones, his personal side is able to come out. The Kama in Yanim Osa, turn the page. Yanim Osa Imaim, the Eno Mistater Bifneim Kimoshaim is Kasab Mabushav Bifne Hamon. And ultimately again, and he's, the Eno Mistater Bifneim, in other words, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to withhold a little bit. You see, I will say, the interesting part, and again, this is why the Mushal works well with the Melech also, a king has to uphold a certain station. And for example, we know what's the halacha? Melech shemachol al kivodo. If a king chooses to forego the honor due to him, what's the halacha? He can't do it. A king is not allowed to forego. So a king has to hold himself in a certain way. And even with his closest confidants, and even with his most beloved constituents, he's got to be the king. The only time the king doesn't have to be the king is when? When he's surrounded by his immediate family. When he's with his wife, his children, his siblings, then he could just be Chaim Yankel, right? Then he could, just, he could just be whoever he is. He could just be, he could just be, he could just be. He doesn't have to be the position. He doesn't have to be the monarch. He could just be who he is. Why is this? Because in general, his immediate family, they're like an extension of him. He doesn't have to put on the face in front of them. He doesn't, in other words, he doesn't have to put on all the monarchical trappings. And we'll say sometimes, no one else is with him except who? Except his queen. And what happens when he's with his queen? And when he's just alone with his queen, then he could really be the real him. See, I will say, see, you hear the marshal? So when the king is in a peacetime, monarchical robes. Wartime, his armor. But the idea is when he's, when he's in public, when he's in public and he's the king, there is always a position. There's always layers, physical layers of clothing, physical layers on top of his persona. He's with his loved ones. He could peel away all of that stuff and just be him. He's with his wife. He could peel away everything. And his true personalistic identity could come out. I will say, get ready for this. Hanimshal Bazet, page 106, second paragraph. What's the Nimshal? He says, this is how beautiful. Kishashem Yisbarach Misra'eh Bifnea Umos, 
who kedinyon hamelach only fnei asar and fnei kol avadov. Shu omid malubash levushi malchus or levushi melchama. Bosi when a kolish baruch who appears in front of the nations of the world, so the ribosham is the monarch, right? He's the melech al kol aretz. And when he often appears to the nations of the world again, he's either one of two states. If it's a wartime, he's wearing Kivyachal, his armor, right? And ultimately, again, if it's peacetime, he's wearing his monarchical robes. The truth is, often, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's relationship with the nations of the world is such that they only perceive him as the monarch, so often there are so many monarchical layers that they don't even come to a full appreciation of who HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually is. But watch this. will say this is beautiful. The relationship that Hashem has with us, with Klal Yisrael, is the relationship that a king has with his immediate family. <laughs> Even though we speak about that, that Hashem is our king and we're his subjects. He's the shepherd, we're the flock, right? He's the watchman, we're the vineyard. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the relationship that the Rebono Shalom has with us, Klal Yisrael, is we are the immediate family. We are the children. We are the siblings. We're the spouse of the Rebono Shalom. And what I will say, what, what does the king do with his family, his immediate family? So I will say, so what happens? What does the king do when he's with his immediate family? What does he do? What does he do? He takes off the monarchical robes. And what does he wear? What does he wear? His kids, his business casual, right? His, his regular clothing, maybe the clothing that he used to wear on the Cholomite trip, right? Right, right, the clothing that he used to wear before he became the king. Right before, but he was just a regular guy, so to speak. He gets casual with his loved ones. I will say, listen to this. V'zehu sod, sholosh pamim bashana, yeiroe kol zechorcha es p'nei Hashem alokecha. I will say what the Pasuk says, three times a year, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, Yeiroe kol zechorcha es p'nei Hashem alokecha. And I will say, the lashon of Yeira'e is interesting. What does Yeira'e mean? How do you translate that? Right? You will be seen. Yeira'e calls the Chorcha. Every male will be seen before the face of Hashem. And the Gemara Darshan's read this in Chagiga, not so long ago in Dafyomi. From Uchachamenu Zal, Keshem Shubaliros, Kachubaliros. The same way that a person comes to see, so he is seen. So he is seen. What does it mean about say? So we'll say this is absolutely incredible. The same way. We'll say what? Do you want to know what the godless of the base Hamikdash was? We'll say, I'll give you just a crude marshal with it. The base Hamikdash is like the living room. It's like the living room in the family home. What happens in the living room of the family home, right? All kinds of stuff happen living in the family home, right? But this one's laying down on the couch, and this one's in their shorts, and this one's this, and this one's that. So let's say, the the living room of the family home is where the world is on the outside, and I could just be me 
with my loved ones. You know, right? Outside in the world, I have this identity, this position, this. I have to be this. I have to behave like this. I have to conduct myself like this. Then when I'm in my home and I'm just with my loved ones, I could just be the real me. Says the Mechaber, something absolutely amazing. By the way, this, this is the Yismach Moshe that he's quoting from over here. It's not of. So he's quoting over here the idea. Yismach Moshe is doing so beautifully that what's the idea? We'll say, what's a Beis HaMikdash? A Beis HaMikdash is the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I just want to be in my living room with my family. I don't want to be the king with the armor. And I don't want to be the king with all of the monarchical robes. I want to take all of that off. And I just want to be with you in, in my essence. Without all of the additional layers, or all the additional trappings. I just want the real me to be with the real you. The same way, ultimately, again, that I come to see is the same way that I'm just like I come and I come when I come to Beis Hamikdash, I come as the basic me, as the regular me, as just the unadulterated me. That's how Kaddish Baruch Hu is perceived by us in the Beis Hamikdash as well. You know, years ago I learned uh, uh, the uh, the Rambam goes through why does why does God what does the Torah spend so much time on the clothes of the Kahana, and he says it's because. It's a majestic place. There has to be an aura. And one of the things that I sort of, having grown up in a shtibel, um, people came dressed to the shtibel. And, and my mother, once when I was wanted to go a little casual, told me that her father, uh, who was a Belzechassid, sent her brother home from coming to the, to the Belzechstibel because he wore a fedora. Because the only thing you could wear there was a Yiddish hitl or a strimal. Most people didn't have couldn't afford a right. so they were the Yiddishim. In 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 a place which is Kaidish. And 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 that's why the the Basemikdish has all sorts of rules. You have to it's not casual. No, no, no. So let me be clear. When we're talking about the casual piece over here, we're not talking about in behaviors or in dress. That's not... He's talking about as an experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What, what is... How do I experience the Rebano Shalom? So the truth is, in the world, the way I experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu is... Again, there are different models. There's the God of War. There is the God of peace, right? There's all these, all these, there's these different Ribbono Shalolams. And I experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu in different ways at different times. What he's just pointing out over here is the experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Beis HaMikdash is one of a father together with his closest family. He's just one of father together with his closest mishpacha, right? Come in, come in, right? And, and at the end of the day, all of the barriers are broken down. And all, so again, I can't be casual. I can't be casual in my dress or in my behavior. But at the end of the day, my ability to experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a ribono shal olam with all of the trappings coming down. And I get to experience just the core ribono shal olam. The true Ribono Shalom. Look at the last paragraph. Who's the Malka in this case? I'm sorry? Who's the Malka then? The Malka would be Klal Yisrael also. The Malka would be Klal Yisrael. It would be, it would be, it would be, it would be the, whole, the whole, it's the whole Mishpacha. It's the whole Mishpacha. Yeah, I don't know, maybe the Malka is the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Uh, uh, 
Look at the last paragraph. We'll finish with this. He says, His galus zu hevrichas haklipos v'kochos hatumal tohom neshia mebli shiuchula hazik laharas shal trufam em shuk yisib b'sever kavayashar biosina al masenu al masenu b'ashchina ha'isa shor ben ben akruvim ha'yu mekavam ha'ara b'chol yom v'ha'yu yisrom nikram am kadosh v'ashem v'ha'yu krovim el ashchina v'alakidusha. Here the kavayashar says. Now we'll say what happened in the Beis Hamikdash. What happened in the Beis Hamikdash was Klal Yisrael was Krovim El Ashchina. What does it mean Krovim? We'll say, how do we translate Krovim El Ashchina? How do you, you translate like that? Close. The truth is, we both say it's a little bit of a play on words. What's Krovim El Ashchina? You're related to the Shechina. I'm a relative of the Shechina. I'm a Karov. I'm B'nai Beisam. And I will say, I think, I, and I saw this piece. I was so taken because the truth is, we both say, do you know that's what it means to have a Beis Hamikdash? To have a base amikdash means to have a place where a person could have a truly intimate relationship with Hashem, where all of the facades come down. My facades come down. The Ribbon Shalom's facades come down. Right? He's not wearing his armor. He's not wearing his monarchial robes. He's just HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just plain Ribbon Shalom. Now, of course, to, to make that work, I have to go ahead and drop my facades also. Right? At the end of the day, we all walk around with facades, right? Some of us wear a mask just on Purim. Other of us wear a mask the entire year. So, Lemais, again, it only works if I drop my facades. But I will say, but that's the godless of the Beis HaMikdash. It's just a place where you could just be with your Mishpacha. But I will say, but here's the greatness of it. And this goes back to the first Medrash. Because remember, again, we had a conflict in the Medrash. What was the problem with the Medrash? What was the problem with the Medrash? Three prime medrash, right? Three prime. What was the problem with it? Who is the base hamikdash for? Who is base hamikdash for? And right in part one, shepherd and the sheep. The base hamikdash for the sheep. Cloud Yisrael. Part two, watchman vineyard. So base hamikdash is for the watchman. Part three. Parts part three. What's part three? The mishpacha. That's about say what ultimately the Yismach Moshe is going off of. You know what the base hamikdash is? Like lahavdil, lahavdil. It's the living room. It's just the place where you could just create a simple, pure, unadulterated relationship with Hashem. And I both say, but it works both ways. It's the place where I can let my guard down and be me with my God. And although it sounds strange, it's the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu could lose all of the layers and just be Kivyachal himself with us. And I will say, now you think about... Nechami, I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? Two things which I'm a little bit unclear about. If that was the case, then it's supposed to be that. And the basic English was maybe, I don't know what the right word is, the height of ornateness. Spectacular. It was beautiful. You don't feel that way as comfortable when you walk into a place that's like, wow, right. overwhelming. And wouldn't also the second point that I was thinking about was... Wouldn't also there be a come down? Whereas if you if you feel like if this is the place where Hashem is everywhere, and you come into a place and this is where the Shekhinah rests, this is where it is. So wouldn't there be what would the feeling be when you leave that place and you go into your house where Shekhinah? It's like you don't feel the same. It's the thing. same. How can it be? How could it be the same way? So wouldn't there naturally be like, okay, I'm supposed to think Hashem is everywhere, but. Yeah, well, Hashem really is over there. So when I'm really there, I feel him. But when, he's, when I'm not there, not so much. Right. So I, I, both excellent points. I'll tell you, for the first part, I think that's what Shiloh was saying also. There obviously has to be this balance. Because when you are Lifnei Hashem, 
there is a certain level of regality that is necessary, a certain level of elegance, a certain level of mora. So as much as the Yismach Moshe is trying to highlight over here, a certain level of comfort, of course, that's, I would say, that's more like the panimi experiential level. But the Chitzonius have to reflect that this is the base Hashem. Because otherwise, if it just becomes a living room, right? Can you imagine the Azar is just a bunch of couches and ping-pong tables, right? Right, it's going to relax, you know, we'll just chill over here. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. So the, the external klape chutz, it has to be a palace. It has to be a palace. But klape pinim, I think that's the kavayasher, and, and these are, are, are describing klape pinim, klape pinim. What, what's my avoda here? And my avoda is just to be with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and the Ribbon Shalom's avoda kibiyachol is just to be with me, not the God of war, not the God of judgment, not the God of mercy, not the God of this, not the God of that, just God, just Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In terms of the second part. It's a great kasha, but that's always a kasha. In other words, yeah. You forget before we learn this, you make Aliyah Laregal, right? You go Aliyah Laregal. You come back. Incredible Klali Sral is here. We're eating Karbanas, Simchas Besa, Shaweva, fantastic. Yant is over, you go home. You don't think like there was a like there was like a like a like what's the word? Um Yeah, like like a real letdown after that. Of course like Chemia, how do you feel when you come back from Eretz Yisrael? Right? Like, 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 literally, like somebody tore the neshama out of my body. I don't know. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that way. Because the truth is, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not a flat line. It's a series of peaks and valleys. And that's how Ruchmius is supposed to be. But the goal is, that's the whole chap of going to the Mikdash. The whole chap of the Mikdash is, it gives you what you need until the next regal. And then you go back, you get what you need until the next regal. But of course, you go back, you go home, right after Isru Chag, you pack your bags, you go home, you get home, you open the door, you go to whatever, to your local shul, and you're all revved up and great, and Shachras is over, and you know, you don't feel... Uh, that's that's Ruchnius. That's Ruchnius. I, I don't think that's unique to this. I think that's built into our system of Ruchnius, a series of peaks and valleys. And I will say, but I'll stop over here for tonight. But I, I just hope that, like, to me, I, I found this piece just so riveting because I will say, this is what we're missing. This is what we're missing. We're not missing Shi'urim. Because we have plenty of shiurim, right? We're not, we're not missing, we're not, we're, if you think about it, right? I'm not missing Torah, I'm not missing chesed, I'm not missing tzedakah, I'm not, we have, Christ has all that stuff. Do you know what I'm missing at the end of the day? Just a pure, simple, living room couch, kibiyacho relationship with Hashem. That's what I don't have. That's, that, that, I'm sorry? Shminatzaris, right? It's, a, it's true. That is Shminatzaris. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm seeing like, but that was a base hamikdash. That base hamikdash was the place where if you just wanted pure, unadulterated Hashem, just in other words, the ribbon without the robes, so to speak, right? And me without all of my layers, so I could shed my layers. Hakadosh Baruch Hu sheds his layers, kiviachol, and I just get to connect with the core essence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we lack in the base Hamikdash. And I will say, you know, I, I think that this is so important for us because I will say, I think like, we spoke about this a number of times. Like, if you think, if you look at what, like, what, is, what is the challenge of our Dar? We speak about this often, right? What is the challenge of our Dar? Baratask, what's the challenge of our generation? What would you say? What's the challenge? To build out the next Dar. 
I'm sorry? To have the next star. To have the next star. Oh, good. That's, that's always right. The inherent challenge. Correct. Say, what, what's, what's our new sign? Connection. I'm sorry? Apathy. It's, ap- it's apathy. Apathy through and through. I, I, there's always been a level of apathy. Again, I'm not, I'm not a historian. It feels like apathy is systemic. It feels like it's systemic. You walk into the halls of schools. You walk in. And by the way, schools all over, right? <clears throat> apathy. Blank faces. Blank faces. By the way, apathy about everything. About everything. It's not just like apathy that like kids don't like learning Gemara. Kids have never liked <coughs> learning Gemara. I have yet to meet a kid who actually began their learning getting to like Gemara. Or maybe they liked it in the beginning. Then they usually have a period of turnoff. Maybe they get back. Like, Fine. Just apathy. Not, not angry at God. Not advice. Fundamentally apathetic. Apathetic. We want to say, do you know what apathy is a result of? You know what it's a result of? So again, of course, the go-to thing to blame for every single problem is, right? The internet, right? That's always safe, right? The internet. Always, again, technology certainly contributes to things. There's no question. I will say, apathy is when there is no relationship with Hashem. When there's just, there's just no relationship. There's just nothing there. So I'm a good kid. I just don't care about this because there's no relationship here. I like my friends. I have a relationship with them. Hopefully, I like my parents. I have a relationship with them. Right? I, like, I like things in life. I'm not a bad person. But this means nothing to me. This Yiddishkeit, this whole thing, it means nothing to me because I don't have a relationship with my father. Because I don't have a relationship with the Ribono Shalom. I, I, don't, I don't have it. I'm not saying I don't want it. I'm not saying maybe it might be nice, but I don't have it. And because I don't have it, therefore everything else is simply meaningless. You see, we often mistake apathy for like at-risk behavior or apathy for some... It's not... I mean, sometimes it might be. But Lamaisa, apathy sometimes is just as simple as if I don't have a relationship, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. And I will say, you begin to see a lack of relationship, a lack, and I think, I think, this is what I think. I think that the lack, the intensity of apathy as driven by a lack of relationship becomes more and more intense as we get closer to Bayesh Lishi. Because you saw this already again in the Chalban. We saw this already in the Chalban. That the closer you get to Geula, the more dominant and powerful the forces of Golos become. That's the way it works. It's not an accident that in a generation where there's so much prosperity, there's so much Tama Torah, there are so many incredible things working for us on so many levels, yet there is such rampant apathy. And by the way, it's not just kids, plenty of adults also. Such rampant apathy. We're on the cusp of Geula. And what we need more than anything is a base Hamikdash because I don't, the truth is, I don't need Karbanas. I don't even know, I think Karbanas is going to be interesting for many of us to navigate, right? How, how exactly that's going to play out, right? Schlepping, right? Most of us get a little bit uh, strung out packing up the family in the car. Can you imagine packing up the family and 14 sheep? You know, that, 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 that's going to be, right? That's going to be uh, interesting. Let's say, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the Karbanas that we need, okay? Karbanas will be wonderful. It's not the miracles that we need. What I need is just that pure relationship with Hashem. That, that's, that's what my life is missing. That's what my life... I have so much Torah, Baruch Hashem, so many mitzvahs, everything is going great. Good. Do I have a close personal relationship with the Ribbono Shalom? 
That's the Beis HaMikdash. And I was saying, to be clear what this will conclude, it, we shouldn't construe this to mean that in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, you can't have that relationship. I can. I can. It's just much harder. It's just much harder. But I will say, I've mentioned this a couple of times, you know, as I get older, I, I become, I think, I don't know if it's a function of getting older that my mind doesn't work the way it used to, and, or maybe I'm just becoming a simpler person. But I, I've come to find that sometimes, like, the greatest ruchni achievement is not in a Reb Chaim, or it's not in some lumbus, it's not, it's in the ability just to feel close to Hashem. That, that's what I, that's, in davening, what I ask for more than anything, va'ani kirvas elokim litov, just to be close to HaKadosh Baruch. I, I just want to feel, I just want to feel that we're together. I, I'm, I'll shed my layers, you shed your layers, and let's just be together. But I will say, that lack of, that, that lack of togetherness, that lack of just simple connection, is what we lost with the Chorban. So what says we go into Rosh Chodesh Avinai? I wish everybody a good in the Chodesh already. Even though again it's Mishenich Nasav Mematin B'Simcha, famous part of the Val Shemtiv. Right, the Rebbe says everybody translates it as Mishenich Nasav. We diminish our Simcha Mematin B'Simcha. The Rebbe says no, that's not what it means. It means Mishenich Nasav Mematin. When Av comes, you have to diminish things. But even when you diminish, how does a Jew diminish B'Simcha? Besimcha, chasun. You never diminish simcha, chasun shalom. You have to diminish certain things. When you diminish those things, you do it besimcha. He'll say it's a long way off the tishabov, long way off the tishabov. And maybe now, now I know what I'm missing. I have to tell you what I said when I learned this piece last Shabbos. For the first time in my life, I actually felt that I understood what I'm missing in a beis hamikdash. I never. I'm going to be honest. Like I never understood. Like. Do I want to be Samikdash? I know I'm supposed to say I want to be Samikdash. Right? Does my life feel incomplete without a be Samikdash? Until I saw this piece, the answer was not really. Not really. I'd love it. It'd be incredible. It'd be incredible. Right? But now, but now I get it. Now I get it. Because what I need most in life, I don't really have. Because what I need most in life is really found in the confines of the Beis HaMikdash. But maybe, first of all, if we yearn for it and we want it, and we also work a little bit over the course of the next nine days to be able to, Amir Hashem, try to find a little bit of that personal kesher with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just by talking to Hashem, taking time for His bodidus, His boninus, taking time to just speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, saying, Rebbe Shalom, the truth is, I do a lot of mitzvahs, I learn a lot of Torah, but the truth is, I don't feel close to you, or as close to you as I would. Help me. Help bring me closer to you. You can ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help bring you closer. You can ask Him. Say, I want to be close. I want to feel like we're sitting together. We're sitting together and just be, we don't have to talk. You know what I'm saying? You know what the best part, right? The best part of being with someone who you love, what's the best part? Best part? You don't have to talk, right? I often tell when I, when I speak to sometimes to, to couples when they're dating and they're not sure, they're not sure, are we ready? So like a good litmus test is, you know, when, you're, when you start dating, you have to talk, 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 talk. I said, are you at a point now where you could just sit with each other and you're like, you're content? And if the answer to that is yes, that's great. Because being with someone you love means I don't have to make talk, I don't have to make small talk. I'm just happy just being. We don't need to talk. We don't need to talk. I just want to know that you're next to me on the couch. I just want to know that I'm next to you. And if we could work on that and daven for that 
and do whatever is within our power to affect that level of relationship and ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bring us closer. Maybe in that zuchos, you will be zoch emir Hashem to take these nine days to use them as fuel for the ghoul and halabai we should be zocha. That Amir Hashem, you know, already we have something working for us this year. What's working for us? What's, and it's a great thing working for us, which is Tishabov is a nidcha, right? Which, which is incredible. Tishabov falls out on Shabbos, which means that already we don't have a real Tishabov this year. And that, by the way, is a simon gidola. We don't have a real Tishabov this year, right? This year we're going to have Sudam Afsekes on Shabbos. It's not Sudam Afsekes, it's going to be Shalashudis. What does the Halacha say? What does the Shulchan say? The Shulchan codifies it that when you eat Sudam Afsekes on Shabbos, what, what kind of Sudam do you have? Kishloma HaMelech Bishaito. Kishloma, you could have a Suda of Solomonic proportions, right? You want to have carving stations, sushi stations, right? Whatever you want. You want to have your friends over, your neighbors over. You could do whatever you want to both say. There's something special in the air when, when, when Klal Yisrael doesn't get to observe Teshuvah the ninth of Av. Kishbaruch was telling us something. My children, this year, you're not going to have a regular Teshuvah. It's going to be on the 10th. And I both say when it's a Nidcha, all kinds of coolness. I'm already getting it. It's amazing, by the way. People become like Geonim, Vitzadikim, Postkim. When Tishabav is a Nitcha, I heard, I heard that there's this, and I heard that there's this. It's incredible. A lot of love is going on. I will say, but there's something to it. So just, I'm just saying, like, this is a different kind of year. It's a different kind of year. There's no real Tishabav this year. And if there's no real Tishabav this year, then that means that maybe this is the year that we can turn things around. Let's use the days ahead. First of all, now we understand what it is that we lost. Now that we understood it, we could yearn for it. We could ask for it. We could begin to try to create it in our lives. In the Natschos, maybe Hashem, to take a tishabab that is already nitcha and to be madcha'et even more, to push it away even more. And Amir said, not just push it to the next day, but Amir Hashem fundamentally transform it from a day of mourning, a day of sadness, a day of heartbreak, to a day of joy, of jubilation. And of Gula Mira Biamino. Amen.